<laughs> but it's, it's quite fun because you meet these random people that you don't know. Like, that's how we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking, talking, speaking, talking, speaking, talking. Speaking, talking, speaking, talking, speaking, talking. Excellent. That's what you want. I mean, fine's fine, right? Yeah. It is. Are we starting? Whenever you're ready. Do you guys want a cup of tea or anything? I'll have a coffee. Right, in that case, we're not starting. Can I get a cup of tea? If you guys want. Or if it's like a pain in the arse, you don't have to. No, it's all good, it's all good. Stop being asleep or something. He's got his uh, fridge now, so it's like a. Yeah, dream you, come true. He loves it. That's all you need. I can give you a beer if you want it. Uh, I'm good with coffee, please. Yes, cool. I'm trying to quit drinking. I, I, I literally have quit drinking, that's another And I have not. <laughs> uh, black or white? Uh, black, like myself. Cool. Uh, one sugar, if you've got it. Yeah, oh, I got it. He's got everything. I got everything. Everything. Do you want everything. any uh, Tabasco in that? Yeah, please. I got Tabasco. All of it. I got pepper. Yeah. You got a tea bag in your coffee. Oh, please, mate. Please, <laughs> thank you. I'm really tired, so like, anyway. So the tea bag will help you out, then, yeah. Humanly possible. Put it on my Somebody eyes, told so me just... that tea had more caffeine than coffee. Less. And I don't know if it's true. Yeah, it has less caffeine. No, apparently it has more oh, I don't tea. Think, I don't that. That's what I said. I'm gonna look it up. The gang. What is in the rapper? No, as in the game. As in. As in, you lose the game. What was the game? If you think about the game, you lose the game. What? Coffee does have more caffeine. I've been lied to. I'm really upset that I've lost the game. Yeah, you good, should. Be. Good. What you need to do is wait half an hour and tell everyone you love. I lost the game. game. <laughs> I lost the game. <laughs> oh, like, God. Half, half people say, like, uh, oh, I don't get it. What are you talking about? The other people say, fuck, I've not thought about the game in 10 years. True. Have you not ah, heard of the game? I haven't thought about the game in 10 Pete, years. Casey's a weird. He's not old enough to know about the game. How old are you? I'm 19. Oh. But we talked about this a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I'm not young, you're old. Yeah, he is old. Anyway, so I'm offended. I was like, well, everyone's old to an eight-year-old. To be fair, he is a bit of an old man, aren't you, Dan? I'm a very old man. Um, I don't have a tail with you, but I do have a... Yeah, just stomp on the floor and I'll try my best to not knock it over. That's got to be risk factor. This is not ocean plan, but it is yours. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you. We're currently rolling, so whenever you're ready, let's get into it. All right, and then you just want to cut the last, the first bit off. Oh, right? yeah, that's super easy, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so. Mad Truth Podcast. Sup? Hello. Yes. Um, poet, mm -hmm. musician, mm -hmm. lyricist. Yeah. A lot Mickey of Woods. Yeah. AKA Wilton Flower. Miss Flower. How are you doing? I'm good. How Special Agent Flower. Oh, yeah, Agent Daniel Flower Egan as well is here. Oh, yeah. Uh, also you might remember. Yeah, you're not as important. <laughs> also the drummer. Now, before we do I thought it was a solo thing, you know, for so long, and it was like, it's not. I mean, you lost was. the game. He kind of <laughs> you were wormed right. his way in, so. Um, uh, I mean, we'll get into that in a minute, but first we need to do advertising. So we're yes, we do. Yeah. We're currently recording from uh, the incredibly kind of fancy new teaching studio that I have in the middle of. Long Eaton, which is very nice and has all the gear for 
recording and playing drums, guitar, piano, everything else. Podcasts. Absolutely, and podcasts. Ah. So, if I'm still desperate for work, so teaching stuff, if you need the teaching of the learned. Dan was gracious enough to invite me down to record this episode of the Machu Podcast at Diga Music. So, yeah, go and, go and check it out. Go and have a look. Go and... www.deganmusic.co.uk And then you can feel it like reverberate around your soul and but you can't feel it'll give you joy and happiness. Here because I've got things on the wall so you cannot hear it. Have a listen. I already did the clapping. Yeah. Why are you trying to? Just, I just, I just want attention. Okay. Anyway, now Don't that we're finishing the line, <laughs> why would we be here all the way? Let's get back to the uh, the reason uh, today. Mickey. Yeah. I'm the poster boy for nervousness and neuroticism. Right. It's like my thing. It's what I do. Right. So. I mean. When we first met, I sort of just said nothing and I just sat there. But I just want you to know that I think you're really talented and I think you're really cool. And mm. I'm really glad you, you would do this with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I heard your one with this guy and yeah. This guy? Just, yeah. <laughs> Whoever it is. No, Whoever. no I, I, I'm still not really sure who he is. I'm just my, my contract. Who are you? My contract specifically states every time I'm referred to, you have to repeat my web address. <laughs> Anyway, staying on point. Yeah, so... We're on me right now. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> back, yeah back, back to this. This is a clusterfuck already. I love it. Back to World of Flat. Back to World of Flat. This is the thing about Mad Truth, right? Because it's like, anything goes, and I just love it. Because it's like, literally, chaos, mayhem. Skip to f- uh, 40 minutes and 35 seconds for the fist fight. True. You don't know there's going to be a fist fight, then. For 40 minutes, 35 seconds. Oh, Jesus. Who even asked him to cut? I'll just be off in the corner, like, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk to you, right, because I think you and I are quite similar in the fact that we're both a bit nuts. Yeah, absolutely. And we've transformed or transmuted our nuttiness into making beautiful pieces of art. Yeah, absolutely. Or trying to. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, the name of the project was like the first thing that struck me really, like wilted flower, right? So it's like a flower, nature, natural order of things. And then like, was that a conscious thing on your part? Yeah, yes. That actually came from um, my first poetry book. Um, I put it in like right at the start. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Uh, Literally on the first page um it says i feel like a wilted flower i was once beautiful to someone then i died inside Um, and that was like the the first part of my book um and then when it came to like choosing uh a name because i used to just be under my name um i was like i don't know something doesn't feel right about that so i thought i'd like switch it up and i was like i don't know i don't have a clue um and then that just kind of came into my head and I was like, no, that is how I feel, so... Yeah, it's funny, though, isn't it? When things just occur to you. Mm. I mean, I was... I'm walking around in the world all the time, right? And I've got these... All these thoughts and ideas, like, swarming around my head. Like, uh... What, Dan, you know about swarms. <laughs> what what things swarm? What is the metaphor that I'm trying to go for here? Bees? Wasps? I don't know. Well, no, you, you're talking about, you know, uh, ideas and that kind of thing. I was in a, uh, I saw uh, the 
Mancunian writer Jeff Noon do a... Uh, oh, yeah, Jeff Noon. Jeff yeah, yeah. Noon's amazing. I, I don't know, no clue. Oh, okay. uh, he, does, he does weird books about music and, like, like rave music, like, uh, but also drugs and other stuff, and it's super weird. But he's like a fucking weird... Are we about to swear on this? I can't remember. Uh, who gives a fuck? Okay. Uh, he's a very weird guy. And uh, there's a like there's an interview with him on um, uh, YouTube where he talks about like uh, you know ideas and and like how like a teeny tiny thing can capture your imagination and like if it captures your imagination it's a good idea and you need to follow it up. Yeah. But like when he was a kid in this interview, um, someone wanted to trade. Uh, well, they wanted uh, Jeff Noon to give them their pen, and he would give them uh, back his invisible watch, and Jeff Noon's like. Wow, I give you my pen and you're going to give me an invisible watch. This is amazing. And like, clearly he was being bullied, but he just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it's just like, it's like, an the weirdest watch. thing can strike yeah. you. And like, as long as you like, yeah, you get kind of hooked up on it, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a cool and useful idea. But the watch oh, was not actually a watch. It's, it's an invisible watch. So there was no watch? No, no, absolutely not. He just got but a pencil. To him, there was. Exactly, it's a cool, weird idea. This was like when I was a kid, like, he talked about, like, uh, one of his books, he saw, like, a, a book cover in a, in a store, and he misread the title, and accidentally wrote a book about misreading a book title. <laughs> like, to be honest, I would do that, I would do that. Thinking he said something else, and he... That's amazing, so this whole thing came from just a, a mistake. Yeah, well, not even, a, yeah, well, it, in that case, yeah, but just in general, like, Ideas, you know. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is, I'll tell you a quick story. So I was walking through the world the other day in town, and I see these like evangelical Christian types like on the street, just standing there. They weren't even preaching or anything. I felt like cheated. Yeah. Right. You gotta get your money's worth. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I actually didn't donate anything because I'm a sinner, essentially. That's what I am. I'm a dirty, dirty sinner. Right, that's the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> anyway, so I'm walking along. They're there and they've got these, this massive sort of billboard thing saying, what was it saying? Uh, the search for truth. And I had a premonition, I had a vision of my younger self running up to him and saying, what do you mean? Yeah. When you, like, you're searching for it, how do you know if you found it? That's what I want to know. Yeah. So I wrote this thing down on my phone, right? Which, if I could find it, right? It was like one of the things that I wanted to bring up as a discussion, right? Because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And you do this quite a lot in what, in your, um, what's your album called? Crow in the Dark. Yeah, so that's another thing that's like beautiful and amazing. Um, it took me a, a solid two weeks uh, before I was like, grow in the dark. Oh, glow in the dark. Oh, I'm that's, glad that's it punny. took like you that long. I like that. So it's like, how do you reframe an idea that's been done a million times before in a way that seems like it's new and original? Yeah. So one of the things that was interesting to me about your work was um, the way that you talk about your sort of your state of mind and your sort of mental health especially which is what this is about and sort of in a poetic sort of way and you look back over the course of human history and there's so many artists that have 
incorporated themes of sort of depression and uh, so you can go what like Sylvia Plath mm. Kurt Cobain like and just countless countless people so it's like how do you reframe that idea into essentially what would be something new and fresh and exciting and I feel like what all art is trying to do really is communication yeah. and that's what music is really so when Absolutely. you're on stage and you're performing then you're transmuting a part of yourself into the crowd right and it's like this yeah. is me this is what I have to say yeah yeah absolutely and that is like the key part of, of like everything that I do but I think it's really interesting that because obviously it has been done like so many times like you were yeah. saying by like throughout the whole of like time really um I think one of the things that that I do to keep it keep it kind of like um raw is like I just I don't try to turn it into anything at all I just yeah you just like it whatever like, it is this is what's work. happening and I try to not spend too much time especially with my lyrics and my poems I spend a lot of time like if I'm in that that place and I have that written down okay and that's it and yeah, it's done yeah. I, do, I don't you don't go over it no no Neither I don't redraft um, because like we were talking about earlier I think effort that yeah and also like, I think that just keeps it how it is in that do you think moment, and so. this is not this is not saying that what you do now isn't good because it is and I think you know it's really good but do you think that if you were the kind of artist that sat over your notes sort of all night and all day, scribbling out things, putting a different word in there, rephrasing a certain phrase or whatever, do you think what you do would be better off for that? Or do you think that it's better and it's just raw, unadulterated? Yeah, I think form? probably commercially, if I was to be aiming f for that as a career, yes, you would obviously you have to refine things. Do you see yourself as a pop things. star? Do you see Absolutely yourself as... not. That's that, and that yeah. just hasn't ever really been my intention. My intention has always been raw and 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 honest because I don't think t too many people are like that. Like how yeah, we're talking about, a lot of people are like, oh, well, that that has to be a certain way. And I think obviously everybody has their own experiences and everybody has their own tr truth. And I think by candidly telling mine um i hope other people can feel that and that's yeah that's it's beautiful really. mm -hmm. what about you don do you see yourself as a pop star oh, i can see yeah, it okay. i can um, see it you uh, there was a famous writer and i don't remember who it was because I, I can't read but um there's a famous writer who said uh uh write drunk edit sober <coughs> and i think it's uh like it's kind of a bit of a kind of counterpoint to that that whole process where it, rather than just never edit, you know, because then you're changing the original statement, which makes it an inaccurate uh, representation of the time. Uh, if you edit sober, you can at least kind of, I guess you can gun for a more technically coherent thing, even if it's a less accurate representation of your exact thoughts at the time. Okay. And I guess that's kind of a balancing act. For sure, and I actually have a poem that you've just reminded me of. Um, so I have bipolar type 2 mm -hmm. um, so I often find that I think one well, I can't find it right now I'll wait it's here um, yeah so kind of 
goes like when I can well, find While you're kind of getting, getting that up, uh, the, uh, the thing that kind of strikes me is that the perfect is always the enemy of the good, and it's so easy to get caught up rehashing and redrafting and fixing things, rather than just releasing something, accepting it on its, on its merits and its failings, and then doing something else and trying to make something slightly better next time. So rather than a redrafting process, it's more of a kind of, okay, this album was like this, next album's going to be, we're going to get the production better, we're going to make sure the song right, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's one of the many things that I like about you, Matt, is your ability to just pull a quote start of your ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, he literally does it all the time. It's this really profound thing that you're just glossing over. Just literally all the time. What was that? The perfect is always the, the enemy of the good. The enemy of the good. Uh, yeah. Wow. But, um, I mean, that's not something like, that, that's not something that I ever came up with or even kind of particularly followed, but I think you stumbled upon the exact same ethos on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't find it, but it basically went something along the lines of like, so I write things down when I'm low um, and they don't and they're often just kind of all over the place and then when I'm high I also write stuff and that neither actually really makes sense I have to be in like a quite specific place for it to write but I still keep those two things do you that have I do? to be in a specific place for it to make sense I think it so if you if you come up with something I mean this is the case for me especially is that Oftentimes, like my state of mind or my headspace or whatever, will change and shift, and I'll come up with—I'll be coming up with new concepts and new ideas all the time. So, I think as a creative, it's like really hard to sort of carve out an identity for yourself because you're always changing, and you're always yeah, onto the next thing, and you're always, you know. So, when you write something and you look back at it, say like six months later. You're a whole new person. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, and I think that's why it's important because um, I do keep those things and they do kind of make sense to me, but I know that they probably won't make that much sense to other uh, other people. But, um, but I don't it does that. Mind. That's, that's the amazing yeah. thing. Is it, that it makes a di completely different sense to other people. Exactly, and I that's what makes it magic. that every gig you do, more or less, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? Because <laughs> I haven't... Come see you play yet, and I'd like to. Right, but states, states, states. When are we playing? When are we playing? Um, my diary's on the table. I am I playing Leeds. You, oh, you're playing. Yeah, I'm playing Leeds next week. The week after. The week after. When am I next playing? Nottingham. March the first. March the first. I don't know what I'm doing. March the first. I know what you're doing. You're gonna become. All right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, what was it saying? What was it saying, Well, Daniel? we were just talking about making sense. And, um, uh, you know, you said you don't care if it makes sense to other people. You said you don't care because it makes sense in a completely different way. And I'd say that for that exact reason, you should, you know, you, you never really want to deliberately try and make sense to other people. Exactly. Because, because if it doesn't make sense, human beings will want to try and make sense of it, you know, find method in the madness, so to speak. But that's but the thing, I think... So they'll project their own their own thing onto it and if you don't so explicitly say everything is like this yeah. then everyone's going to find something in there that they can pick up on I think that's what I was going to say there's always some, someone some things aren't I don't think have to be 
made sense of. I think that's that's also important. Just I, like things I don't have to be made sense of. Casey knows full well I'm a big fan of the it doesn't need to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like it really but doesn't. But it doesn't matter if it makes sense in like a in a in a tangible linear way. It's all about feeling and all about emotion and all about intent, right? So yeah, if you do absolutely. a performance, I guarantee there'll be someone in that crowd that vibes with what you're saying. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever to something that you're saying. played a show where somebody hasn't told me that, which is really, and that's always just been something that I really appreciate. And um, how long have you been performing for? I've been performing since I was about 16, so. All right, so six 16, years. you're 22 now. 22, yeah. So six that's maths of years yeah <laughs> and Six, yeah. that's that's at least three years that that's is at least as some every years. single gig you've done yeah someone's yeah. come up to you and been the, like, the, i've hey. always heard from someone um that like yeah that i can't that that they kind of under, understand and obviously they understand in their own way and like something yeah. that i've said they're able to hold on to and be like well i think i felt like that but i guess it's how it's how you interpret it and i do that with other people's music and I think it's really inc incredible how you won't ever really know for sure ex exactly what somebody else is tr trying to say yeah and I that's beautiful that's, that's, like, that's the beautiful thing about I think music you, especially right you were talking about that in the context of you, you particularly named up Sylvia Plath and Kurt Cobain as, as kind of uh, artists trying to kind of express uh, yeah. emotions like, I mean, it goes a hell of a lot further back than that. And I would say that, you know, we have more laptops now than we did about a thousand years ago. Yeah, we're really? recording on one right now. Absolutely. Do we well, have more we, laptops? Exactly. We've it's got funny, at least it? one more laptop than they had a thousand years ago. They didn't have the internet. This is, this is back, yeah, this is... Uh, In yeah, your day. Is, back when I was a... Back when I was a... <laughs> um, um, it's funny because there's a running joke in this room that Daniel Egan is actually an old man. I've been an old man since I was about ten. Yeah, I, that, everyone, I, that doesn't surprise me. That. Right. Everyone so, what that. is is it like Benjamin Button syndrome? Have you got a problem? I don't know. I <laughs> he think, has quite a few problems. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, so no, so uh, you we know, thousand right. years ago, <laughs> obviously the world was completely different. Yeah. But human beings fundamentally feel exactly the same way about everything, and uh, although because of the experiences of my life, what I would consider the happiest or saddest or whatever uh, I've ever been. Although that's for a completely different reason than the happiest or saddest you've ever felt, you're still talking about the bounds of human emotion, which don't really change between people or, you know, across literally millennia of human beings drawing things on walls to try and make other people feel things. Yeah, I think the... the um the hallmark of sort of health and doing well is balance, right? So I've got a friend in London who's a therapist and she once told me that, oh, Casey, you've got no balance in your life. You need balance, you need balance. And I keep hearing this over and over, balance, balance, balance. And then I got into a lot of Buddhism when I was sort of 16 and onwards and there's a lot of things about in there about sort of Taoism and walking the line and and doing everything you need to do to sort of remain on the right track. But I was just curious because you mentioned you were bipolar mm. a minute ago, and I'm not diagnosed, but I've got some of the symptoms and like the the mood mm -hmm. alternations, right? So if everyone's searching for balance, then how do you reconcile that with 
these sort of violent, or maybe not violent, but mood, you know, obviously, like, you're altercating between one thing and the other. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think how you were just talking about, like, obviously, a healthy kind of thing is just to have a kind of it for it to be even, which is yeah. a thing that I actually experienced for the f- first time last year. Because um, when I was actually diagnosed, um, yeah, I was on the right. I'm on the right tablets now and everything. And like, I think that was the first time that I actually got up, um, and I was like, I just feel okay. Like, I, I, I don't feel, I don't feel happy. Like, I don't feel sad. I just feel okay. And what it was, was like, like the happiest I've. It was honestly the happiest I've like ever felt in terms of like peace, as opposed to because obviously I, I wasn't exactly happy but that's what I don't know it's really hard to explain but that was you were just yeah, on was, a level yeah yeah which was weird because that obviously when you've only ever experienced the highs you know and, and the lows it's really just comfortting actually and I was just yeah, smiling then. yeah okay um but yeah before that yeah it did it did just feel like I was either kind of like floating either too I always high think or too it's, it's quiet Artist types are usually quite volatile anyway. Absolutely. And usually quite explosive personalities anyway. So I'm like, well, surely, if you're trying to like look after yourself, then maybe don't go into a field where you're, you're like spilling your heart out. And, yeah. But you do. And it's <laughs> yeah. amazing that you do because you've obviously got something to say and you want to say it. Absolutely. But right? it is hard. Like, it is. Like, I do sometimes think, like, why? 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 But um, I just... It's like I feel pulled towards it, just, and I always have done. Um, yeah. Just... And that's the thing I feel is, like, you have to follow your dream or your intuition or wherever your soul tells you to go, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that is just why honesty has always been something that's really... The best policy. No, but it, like it, in a sense that, like, I think a lot of people kind of change themselves. And I mean, I, I, I have, you know, plenty of times where you kind of like change depending on who you're you're with. I don't know, out of like fear that you know you aren't going to be accepted yeah. and stuff. And that is something that I'm trying to combat, and that I don't do now as much um, because I think everybody's so unique and I think you know if we're all just oh, like a little why, bit more sorry. there then yeah okay. it's better. <laughs> I was going to say like why should you give a fuck like, mm. I was in a place recently last week actually where I was with some friends and there's maybe two people in a room of like ten people that I actually liked and I was just in there like what am I doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're talking about things that I don't care about. They're t- like they're loud and obnoxious, and I'm like, get in the bin. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm just there, like, okay. I appreciate two of the people in here on the level of your human beings, and not like not like I'm treating like the other people in the room like subhuman scum but like you know but, no I'm not doing that but but yeah there's a little part of me that's like Case what are you doing like leave 
you, your talents lie elsewhere. You, you have other things going on in your bubble, in your universe. There's more than this. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So is, is that what you're looking for? I mean, uh, I mean, you just said that perfection is the enemy of anything that's good. No, the perfect is the enemy of the good. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Nail me to the cross, <laughs> please. I mean, I can, I can honestly go, and Mick knows this, Mick's seen me do it. I can go for a solid half hour on the difference between perfection and the perfect semantics. It's all good. Uh, yeah, the, I know in terms of kind of being honest and uh, the, the decision to be honest, like, uh, uh, trying to figure out where to pick this train of thought up because I'm about five minutes back in the conversation. But, um, like, if you're talking about kind of deliberately trying to craft your identity in a certain way, uh, I mean, that's, it's kind of impossible because there are so many factors, uh, in, you know, involved in, in the forming, the, uh, the forming of your identity that are totally out of your control, uh, at the very least unconscious factors, you know, or overt influences in your life that you had no say in. Um, then it's kind of, to me, it seems kind of redundant to talk about trying to craft and develop your identity in a certain way, because uh, the best you can really do is uh, craft and develop your aesthetic, which would then influence the kind of people who... How do you mean it's aesthetic? Well, I mean in the sense that if, if I walk around wearing, um, you know, all black band shirts, you know, that kind of thing, uh, you know, and fit into the, I don't know, the goth kind of look, um, then I'm probably more likely to hang around with goths, uh, which means, um, you know, I'll probably start listening to these bands and talk like this, that kind of thing. But um, as far as trying to change the, uh, the content of my character, like in you know, anything less than, you know, literally like the course of a decade or something like that, uh, it's really, there are so many factor, external factors that you can't control in that. Uh, you know, just the way you interact with other people in the world, and then the other people and the way they interact with you, uh, which you have, you know, really, really minimal control over. So when you're talking about uh, kind of crafting in a certain direction, or whenever I see that kind of argument come up in the context of music, it always seems like an incredibly surface level thing. Oh, it is, and it always is. I think, I think it, I think it, it always is surface level because, like as you said, you can't, you can't change things like that you um that you kind of are really like the subconsciously as well like like you were saying like it you you just can't so or, i think it has I to guess be it, you, you can down. but it takes a lot longer than oh yeah even like a year or something like that so yeah, anything, I, I, and anything else is just mar marketing well you know yeah, you, yeah. you reckon that in uh i don't know for argument's sake in in six months time you could completely change uh, your attitude, not just in the way you interact with the world, but the way you are internally, which informs the way you interact with the world. In a short space of time. I think people, and this is this is something within my own head that I'm I'm a person full of contradictions, right? There's I say one thing, I actually mean this other thing, and then I actually really mean this other thing that I'm not talking about, and it's just a mess, really. But my thing is, is that I'm a control freak, <laughs> pretty much, and I'm trying to constantly get to a point where I'm like, 
I did I tell you the story? Like one of my first memories. I think I mentioned this on the last episode. Actually, is one of my earliest memories was being in a traffic jam as a kid and being seeing just cars for miles and miles and miles. We we're on a motorway at night. And it was quite like, a, you know, I think about things a lot in like images, right, mentally. So it's just cars for miles and miles and miles. And I just remember being like livid and like actually enraged because I saw the whole motorway, it's like a race. And I was like, well, it's not, right? But I was so annoyed because I wasn't anywhere near the front. So I think what I'm trying to do is I'm constantly trying to get to a point where I'm like, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is the pinnacle of what I'm capable of, right? And I don't know whether that's insecurity in myself. I don't know if that's because of the environment that I was brought up in that I'm sort of navigating my way out of now, but it was sort of abusive and toxic and uh, sort of miserable. It was all right as well sometimes. But you, but that's what I mean. You have to sometimes re... But if, if you're basing your identity on, I mean, this is something that I realised very, very recently in a very painful sort of way, was you associate yourself with everything bad that's ever happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. And you carry it around with you like a bottle of water. Yeah, don't you go for a bottle of water. <laughs> And you just carry it around with you, like, all the time. And it takes a toll, you know. It's, like, heavy. The thing is, I think it often clouds things up. Like, I, th- I think that is a little bit of an overused kind of uh, f- phrase, but it really does. Like, the, the horrible stuff often clouds th- things up so much. Yeah, it's that like 20-20 it it really, right? Yeah, that it makes it kind of often hard to kind of think, right, OK, but also there was this... And you you kind of touched on something earlier about how you're talking about like the pinnacle of like what you can like achieve. And I think we were talking about this the other night, how you can just always improve, just in in every single kind of sense of the word, and you can oh, always, sure. you know, there, there's always more you can do. And that's something that I've been kind of thinking about, uh, kind of lately. Um, is that I'm just always just trying to improve as a p- person and kind of like expanding yeah. my view on on kind of kind of everything. So I think I've I've spent quite a lot of time uh, surrounded by such closed minds and such like n- narrow views. And I guess when I was a kid, and you know that was kind of just how it was it was really interesting to me when I got a bit older and I was kind of able to form my own sort of things and how hard it is to actually un- learn things like and did that. did that so. open up the world for you in a way? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Um, so you, you, you're living in this, like, bubble and then the bubble pops and yeah. then you're like, oh, there's this whole other, other thing. things exist, yeah, and then that's how I kind of just educated myself and um, I'm going to talk about queerness what a surprise um, but just from like <laughs> but just from like spending a lot more time with kind of like the queer community as well like has just really expanded things more and I'm always so eager to learn about how other people experience life because I don't think anybody experiences 
experiences yeah. uh, like <laughs> somebody else. That's, and that, that, that's the weird kind of like, uh, not the paradox, but like, uh, like we were saying earlier, you know, my experience, uh, my experiences are completely different to yours, but the way I feel about them is exactly the same. Yeah. Or at least, you know, my happiness is the same as your happiness. But then also, I think you're completely right in that, you know, any one person's experience is completely different of everything insofar as the way they engage with it. Completely, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's uh, what I mean. I, th I think we can always learn, and I think that is just incredible. Like, there is, there is not a single person out there who knows everything, and I think well, that's awesome. I, I mean, I, as with so many things, I view it as negative rather than thinking, oh, we can always improve. Uh, I'd rather look at the other way and think, actually, complacency. It's that goth aesthetic, man. Pardon? It's that goth aesthetic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's part of something like a bright uh, yeah, yellow yeah, hoodie. I'd rather be, be at the negative and think, uh, um, rather than I can always improve, complacency is the absolute devil. Yeah. Um, it's a demon. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it's, not, it's not so much that you know, we should always be improving, because I think you know, it's really, that's a really good and healthy way to think. But in, in practice, you know, it's complacency, you know, the kind of jaws snapping at your heels. You know, it's really. But I think the complacency chases the. Well, in a sense, like two different ways of viewing the same thing, I think. But I mean, you know, in terms of everyone kind of experiencing things and engaging them with them in a completely different way, like uh, you can kind of, you know, no one really learns the same way either. No. You know, that's kind of my experience as a teacher is, however you try to get something across to the student, you're always wrong every single time. So you've explained it about five different ways, and suddenly it's the fifth way. They're like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, I just said that. Why is that? Do you think? I don't know. Well, it's just. I don't know, I haven't really... So it doesn't, it doesn't click with you until you're presented with the information in a certain way, well, framed in a certain that way that you would about, stand you know, it. Uh, visual learners, kinesthetic learners, well, that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, you were talking more broadly about, you know... But it's the same with life as well. Like, you, you get to a point where, you, I mean, this is... I'm constantly searching for, or I was anyway until very recently, is I was constantly searching for the answer to a question and I didn't even know what the question was. I was like searching and searching and searching for this answer that I didn't really, but I knew there was, there was something missing, right? And it's only when I got into this certain situation where I sort of stepped back and stepped outside myself for a bit because people get so like, self-involved all the time and sort of you're in your own little world going about your life and you know um and that's understandable because I, I suppose it's a it's a defense mechanism in a way i suppose it's like self-preservation but it's only then when you step outside yourself that you realize that you see yourself as the person you are rather than the person you think you are and you go all right like, <coughs> that's me that's who I am, and well, I mean, we always, you, you were always looking for this piece of you that was missing, but you didn't realise that you were whole the whole time. Mm. It's it's always uh, no. I think you, when you kind of uh, get caught up in your own head about anything, it, it's always a like even at the best of times, an unhelpful thing because the way that the world kind of you know experiences you is always completely different from the way you experience the world. I hate that. That, that I, I've, That's something I've never been able to get my head around because it's just absolutely true. Like, the way that somebody else experiences you 
it's just I don't know. Yeah. That's that's something that's but, always going to feel then, weird. But then, then suddenly you need to make sure you're all constantly improving because you can think you're the good guy. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh no, absolutely. Oh, and you've got to make sure it holds up objectively. But I think I, I don't think anybody is the good guy, and I think well, that no. ties back into always being able to improve. No, but then you can also like it's a it's a battle. Then then you can just look at objective facts and make sure that okay, well if I did this thing, that would probably upset them. So I probably shouldn't do that thing. But what's good in your eyes is probably going to be bad in someone else's eyes. Well, true, but you've got to, you've got to try. You've always got to be abstracting it. I um, think it's absolutely a sliding kind of scale, and I think because there's so many different aspects to just absolutely everything. So, like you were saying, like something to somebody is like, yeah, that is the correct kind of thing, but it's not. It's not always to everyone. Yeah. Right. But then you know. I guess, as long as you, you know, as long as you accept that you can also, you also have human fallibility and can fuck everything up. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then make it right. It's yeah. never the... Oh, but that's when I start panicking though, because I'm like, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up. <laughs> the mistake never matters, it's the way you treat the Of course the mistake matters. matters. Ah, it does. Don't you can like come it. back from anything. If I, think can, so? if I can come back from anything, then, um, you know, anyone can come back from anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's the way you treat the mistake. I'm talking about normal human form. I was about to say, I was about to go from no, like, in mean, the extremes, like uh, there's no, not, some things you can't come back from. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, but you've got to, you know, you've got to kind of have apology and forgiveness in your heart as much as you can. Yeah, but you've absolutely. also got to have the self-awareness to self-awareness. see yourself going over the cliff. Self-awareness, like, okay. that's something that I've definitely Don't go over realized. the cliff. Well, no, but you can't, you can't, you can't get it right every single time, and, and to think you can is, for one, hubristic, and two, Com- impossible. Complacent. I would say it's complacent, too, yeah, because, absolutely. no, self, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's something that I've really been thinking about recently. I actually wrote something the other day. Um, is there a worse punishment than becoming self-aware? Because I think when you, because obviously you change all the time, like we were talking about earlier, like, yeah. um, and I think, to actually be able to analyse your behaviour and like things that you've done intentionally or not um, and be like, shit, that was wrong. Or like, yeah. you know, that sh- shouldn't have happened. That's not how that should have been, should and have if, been handled. And if you're sort of more nihilistic by temperament, then you can, what's the word, like, ruminate on that and you can... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Keep that with you, and that's one of the, that's what I was talking about a minute well, ago. Well, well, was well, well, you, no, you hold these ideas and you hold these preconceptions about yourself that are based on an idea that's entirely your own, and it's not related to the outside world in any way. You know, I think nihilism by by temperament is a is an interesting way of putting it because I wouldn't have thought that uh, you could be pessimistic by temperament. But nihilism, as in to. Did I say nihilism? You, well, you said nihilism, but but, but the, I think I meant like neuroticism. Oh, that's right. But but, but I mean to say that uh, just in general, like uh, you know, you, nihilism and, and just kind of automatic thing. This is all completely pointless and completely worthless, and is a zero sum game. I don't think that that's a. Because in a universe that's like vast and well, not limitless, even, not even that. Like, but but, but um, you know. You can be taught that. You can equally unlearn that. But it's not a. It's not a question of like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, but for biological reasons, I, 
you know, I get angry more quickly than you do or anything like that. It's, you know, I wouldn't say that nihilism is more of a, I wouldn't have thought that it's more of a temperament than, more of a temperament thing. Like, because you, yeah. it's a really learn, it's something that you've got to not only learn, but also foster quite hard. Nihilism. Is that when the fist fight breaks out and you're like, it's oh, biological. Absolutely. 40 minutes, 35 seconds, here we go. It's biological. It's part of my DNA. I think it's interesting because like, it kind of, like it, if you do have a look at it from like such a broad view, it is kind of pointless. But when you kind of look at it from your own personal life and the universe that, you know, you've created and how we're all connected to somebody else's universe and somebody else's universe, um, I just think that's, 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 that is the point, even though from such a kind of large view, there really isn't one. It's really upsetting that all the kind of really good and helpful and healthy stuff that uh, I think we've all independently stumbled across. None of it helps when you feel super bad, does it? No, no, it completely, completely useless. No, I disagree. No, I think that it does help, but it's sort of <laughs> what are you doing? I'm ready. Because <laughs> you, you were talking about how you guys like. Oh yeah, me, yeah. Me, me and Katie can get into an argument. Yeah, so I'm, well, I'm, I'm ready. I agree, I agree with you on a lot of things. I disagree with you on a lot of things. I think that it does help, but it only helps because you come to a realisation of, with the increased self-awareness, you sort of have this revelation, right? And a lot of the times when you find the truth about a situation, the truth can be sometimes painful, right? So like earlier when I was talking about them evangelical Christians, I was like... I wanted to go up to him and be like, you can't handle the truth. You don't know what it is. How do you know? How come you know, but like everyone that's, you know, Islamic or Jewish or, you know, so you, you're searching for this thing. You'd be searching for some kind of meaning in a universe that's presumably infinite, right? But my thing is, is that if you just take your head out of your own ass for one minute, right? And this is what Look Up was about. I made this film called Look Up ages ago. It's like sort of about that, taking your head out of your own arsehole and then like seeing the beauty and the poetry and the, you know, colour in, in everything around you because it's a miracle that we're here, man. It's like, it really is. It's, you know, and you can over-poeticise it and you can sort of say that it's like woo-woo or like or corny or, or whatever, but honest to God, like every morning, especially having experienced the things that I've experienced, you know, in terms of the negativity side of it and the nihilistic side of it, and you can go right down that rabbit hole to the point where you can't even see the light anymore. But you can, every morning I get up and I'm filled with this sense of just gratitude. And I'm like, you know, I don't know, for me, when I had my nervous breakdown when I was 17, that was a sort of spiritual awakening, right? In a, in a sense, you know? And that was the thing that led me to what I'm doing now. So in a way, I think everything happens for a reason, right? I'm, I think you're gonna argue that. Because uh, I, I also think everything happens for a reason. Yes. Uh, no, I, compl I completely agree with you. The, oh. The, uh, oh, don't worry, don't worry, <laughs> get in there. Uh, you know, I think uh, it's, it's there's such like uh, you know two sides of the same coin. Uh, the kind of extreme, depressive, nihilistic, uh, and ultimately, you know, kind of incredibly kind of dangerous kind of like uh, unhappiness. Um, 
you know, in, in all, the only the only way that you can kind of fight back against that is by completely embracing the alternative. Uh, and I don't mean, you know, uh, in a kind of theological sense or anything else, but, but just kind of trying to be a force for good. And it's like you said, it sounds super corny when you say, oh, I need to fill my heart with love and just be good to all other people. Unicorns and, and rainbows. Unicorns and rainbows. But it absolutely, you know, that really is the only way you can fight back in a world that is just absolutely grim and unfair. Sadness um, in the a sadness and badness, absolutely. That's the name of the upcoming Wilted Flower album. It's not. It absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. And um, the, um, you know, and, and when you are in, in the absolute pit of despair, I, you know, it, it really does sound corny because it's such an abstract and far-fetched idea. Completely. In, in Watchmen, I think, uh, and I can't remember why. We're talking about the film or the comic. Uh, the comic. Okay. Uh, in Watchmen, uh, Dr. Manhattan at some point, for some reason, describes something as kind of as useful as a picture of air to a drowning man or something like that. And that's kind of <laughs> as useful as air, uh, you know, a picture of air to a drowning man. And that's the kind of way it feels yeah. when you express Like, you know, you can, you can show somebody a picture of how everything should be in terms of, you know, how good, you know, love and unicorns and rainbows and so on and so forth. But it's so impossible to engage with that. Uh, when, when you're, you're in, yeah, no, completely. But, and I but, didn't... but then, uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, you should be. I am. Okay. Um, uh, I just got like, three decibels quiet from no, the mix. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, it, you know, it's impossible to, to kind of engage with that. But the only way that you can do that, there is no way to do it, you know, through the powers of negativity. It's yeah. got to be from, uh, you know, a uh, standpoint of, okay, Clearly, we've got to be working on this. We've got to be improving because, you know, and that's a that's another really horrible, horrible thing to say to somebody who's super depressed. But there is no way out. You can't bottom out of depression because it gets worse and like it, like it is just an endless, endless well of pain. Which is why, if someone offers you a, a handout of that, then it's your responsibility to take it. I mean, one of the Completely. things that I wanted to ask you about was your experience in the hospital. Yeah. Right, because when we first started talking, you mentioned that, and I haven't ever been institutionalized like that. For 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 the uh, people listening, do do we want to give context? If you want, yeah. It's up to you. Yeah, I, I was yeah up for yeah. Uh, well, I hadn't been actually. This was the first time that I've been struggling uh, since I was about twelve. Um, um, and yeah, so it all just kind of came to a head last year and kind of how you're talking about when you are in, in that, that, that pit and in the kind of experience that I had, um, I was asking for help. Like I was really actively asking for help uh, because uh, I don't want to go too much into it, but my dad who also had bipolar, uh, he was the complete opposite and he wouldn't ask for help and he wouldn't accept right. and ultimately killed him um so i've always kind of had that in my head like right i need to i, I need to if if the hand is there i, I you know yeah. i kind of I, I i have to reach out for it but it kind of got to a point where um yeah i just kept kind of asking for help and i was just it was just really wasn't happening so i guess when when you've tried to kind of combat that and you know it hasn't been successful. It's quite it's quite hard then to be like well well I you know I'm not sure how to how to actually get yeah. out. So yeah, that obviously didn't end very well. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the whole thing did end pretty well because you ended up on the Bad that, Dream yeah. podcast. Well, hey! exactly. Well, exactly. But, yeah, so... That's it, the goal yeah. for... That is, that's else. it now. I've peaked. Well um, done. <laughs> yeah, well so done. Um, yeah. that kind of... Uh, Very grateful. Thank you. Ultimately ended in a trip to uh, A&E, which ended yeah. in obviously being in hospital uh, for two months, uh, which was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. Yeah. But also the most helpful thing I've ever done because obviously they were then able to actually help me, which is all all that I'd actually been asking yeah. for. So I've never <laughs> been institutionalised like that, but I have had periods where I've just totally lost my mind. Completely. Mm. And I've, you know, we were talking about demons earlier. Yeah. And I was like, all right, Casey, have you ever seen a demon? Well, sort of, in the sense where it's like metaphorical. Yeah. But when you're in that state, it's like, it might as well be. Yes. Oh, know? absolutely. So like, completely. I went to... You know, I mean, getting, like, candid about it. I mean, I tried to... Uh, I basically made a suicide attempt uh, last year in November. Right? And I go to the doctor, and I'm sat with the... It's so funny, because I'm sat with the head of the GP, the surgery, right? And I tell him about everything that's gone on in my life, and he's like, I've had this conversation with five different people this week. And I'm like, that's insane. And then, literally, he turns to me, this professional dude, the head of the city, and we're best friends now, by the way, like, me and this doctor are like, like this. <laughs> you know, but he turns to me and he goes, your generation is fucked. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, doc. Cheers. So, yeah, it's like, I've never been in a state where I've, like, actively had to go somewhere else, even though... Oftentimes, I just want to go somewhere else, right? And oftentimes, it's, like, mental. Completely, and that kind of ties into, obviously, not having the actual help out there. Yeah. Because, uh, obviously, there has been quite a few times where I have been in that place, and then I haven't got the help. So, you know, I was... I am... I do feel very pr- privileged to have got the help, yeah. but it should not have reached that stage where I did almost lose my life, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's... that's a a whole other thing that I could talk about for hours and hours and hours. Um, but yeah, so that was an experience. But uh, out of it is going to be album number two, which oh, is... Oh, right, so yeah. you're taking that as yeah, inspiration? Yeah, completely. Uh, we're currently up to 18 yeah, tracks. We did, we did a, uh, That's a lot of track. tracks. We did a scratch tracking session, uh, I think it was about five days ago. Mm. And uh, you know, we kind of got there and, uh, and Mick said... Um, uh, I said so. We got twelve songs, and Mick said, uh, uh, "Oh no, 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 no! We've got six more. We've got six more." Yeah, I've been a little bit of a machine, machine. of late, and obviously how we were talking about earlier, how I don't redraft. I also tend to not scrap songs because I want people to get the whole picture and I think that's always like we were talking about okay. earlier with the raw and the honesty so it's either going to be a really really long album or <laughs> we'll just chuck some kind of singles out or whatever but the reason why I'm so I want this album t- to be what it is is that obviously that was one of the hardest things I've ever experienced and I did write I'd say 75 percent of that album in the hospital so um the, the most of the scratch tracks were kind of built out of uh videos you 
WhatsApp to me from the hospital. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit? What kind of videos was it? Just you. So you literally, well, just you playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would send him it's over. All, it's all in the videos presented without comment, but mm. you can watch through them and there's a history just in the way you look in them all. Yes. It's, it's uh, well, terrifying. Yeah. Jesus. It's, um, but I th I'm really happy in a sense that I do have that because I think, uh, I think that's the thing. I, th I don't think, you know, we have all this, yeah, you know, I was in a horrible place and people kind of talk about it, I think often quite f flippantly. Um, and I think to the point where I think it helps other people people understand more, I think, if they can actually... Because I, I think, think only, in those, I you think can I only see... talk about it like that because it's, you know, if you actually confront how... Which you need to do. Eh, yeah. If you're going to have an objective point of view of yourself, then... But you need to see it for what it is, right? Yeah. And if you need help, then you need help. Yeah, and exactly. it's like, you know... But that's I mean, hard, and that is hard, and that is scary, and yeah, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. And it is uh, artificially a lot harder than it should be. Yeah. Completely. Why is that, do you think? Well, I mean... We, I mean, it's, that, if you that, talk that, about, that like, isn't very, that, isn't, that, that isn't a very long, uh, you know, question for a very long podcast. And the answer to that is, is austerity. And that's... Uh, and we can get into that. AKA the, the Tories. We can But even things personal, like, I mean, you did get through it. Yeah, we're very grateful to have you here. Which is a... Absolute surprise to me. Like, and yeah. I, I, I'm not even just saying that. Like, it, I am actually surprised. Do you reckon it's acceptable for me to go for a piss on my own podcast? Yeah. If you, uh, if you have to go, yeah, you have to sure. go. We can, we can, um, like, we can, we can hold off for like two minutes. No, keep talking. Yeah. Cool. Cool. We can also cut you out asking if you want if you can go for a piss. No, everything. <laughs> you know where you're going. No. <laughs> In the foyer down the corridor. Right. Looks horrible. But yeah, um, you know, uh, I mean, the whole thing is pretty like, it's like pretty grim. Pretty, pretty grim. Uh, How was that for you, though? Oh, it wasn't very much fun. <laughs> it wasn't very much fun seeing, you know, my friend suffering. Um, uh, I'm not sure. Kind of, um, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's super weird because it's just, it's just stuff. Uh, you know, as far as the human experience goes, like, um, I mean, you know, like, I came to visit you, like... Every uh, week. Uh, you know, I came to visit you, and it's just like, yeah, okay, so I'm going to go see you. And then I saw you, you know, it was nice to hang out, and then, then I went home again and did some other stuff. And it's like, it's super, like... And it's, again, what you were saying about... Um, uh, it's what you were saying about how everyone kind of experiences everything differently. Um, even if, the you know, the bounds of human perception are, are the same. Uh, it's just, you know, not that it was just stuff, but, you know, it, it wasn't, it's a, you know, when I saw you, it wasn't like this suddenly load of fireworks going off saying, you did it! Yeah. You know, you're now 10% happier. Yeah, you know, but yeah. It's just, it's just more human experience stuff. And I guess that's the, the fronting nature of help is, for one, it's not any big act that will be ultimately rewarded. Or well, I mean, let's say that, I mean, I got pretty heavily rewarded because now I get to hang out with my friend yeah, more. that's true. It got better. But um, the, you know, as far as actually helping someone, um, there's no, there's no obvious sign that says you did it. Yeah. Um, 
And as far as complacency goes, there's also no obvious sign to say, you fucked it. Yeah. Did it, uh, you know, messed up. Um, and it's not linear at all. Um, it's, I think, quite a lot of people who maybe don't understand and now, obviously, I've been in the hospital and now I'm out and they're all like, well, that's it. You're ready. It got better. You but got better. I have got, a, you know, obviously a long life ahead, ahead of that sort of thing. And I think it's very interesting because you were saying how kind of like it does kind of carry on for you and you would come see me in the hospital and then you'd go home and like get on with stuff. What was really striking for me when I was in the hospital, that was the first time where my life stood still and there's no other way to describe it because I didn't have anything to do like and didn't not even, even in just a didn't trivial even, didn't sense. Even have the Sims until like, I d- exactly up, like it was, but like it, not not even in a tr- trivial sense. My everything stood still. So that like it's it's interesting to hear how you know because obviously for you you know you came to see me and then that was what happened in your like that part of your day and then you went and did like other stuff. Like I think that was the thing that was actually what I f- found the hardest is that everything did for that time completely stand still and it honestly not even being dramatic felt like 10 years genuinely felt like 10 years like it was that long Uh, laborious what what are we talking about Uh, this is this is uh, i'm like i say i'm the poster boy for nervousness and (laughs) i'm the poster boy for professionalism (laughs) (laughs) So this is the, what the, I am. The, the, That's what I do. This is just a, 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 a this is in the hospital. Uh, uh, you know, like for me, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's what I did every other week. Uh, you know, we make it obviously a completely different experience being on the other side of that. Oh, completely. And the fact that you did come every week, like that, was the highlight of my week. Like, it, like that was it was well, it that. Be for anyone. Well, well, of course. So what was it actually like? It was. Oh, it's very weird because I was in two different ones. So. Um, and they were both completely different. So the f- first one was the N- NH- NHS hospital, and I don't want to get too political, but that was the first time that I properly saw, because not even just for me, but for all the, the other people in there, um, there was just nothing. I was There was really? a curtain around me. I, I didn't have my own room. I was in a room with, like, six other people. Um, and there was no therapy. There was no. There was t- twenty-four people on the ward, and oh at, my god! At, I think at any one time there's like five members of staff, something, something like that. And um, there were people there that had a v- variety of different issues, um, and <sighs> I didn't feel safe in the hospital. That was actually the time where I actually attempted in in the hospital. Oh um, my god. And that was actually an extremely serious one. And that, you know, because I didn't know what to, I could not see for like, I just, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, and it was just, it's every day. Um, I was just having a look at these ugly curtains. There's a, there's a s- song on the album called Picasso, Picasso Curtains. Curtains. They were like this ugly orange and fucking pink, like cute. It was horrible. So it, it's the first, yeah, like I said, it's the first time in my life where, you know, I didn't have any of my coping skills. I didn't have my... PS4. I didn't have my friends. Like, I didn't have what I had before, but obviously, if that was all I needed, then, you know, obviously it, you know. But, yeah, it was it was an extremely weird... So, so that was really weird. Um, and then I, through my job, who were absolutely, like, incredible with the whole thing... Is this uh, the gaming post? Yeah, yeah. So we have private... Healthcare and stuff, um, and that was really, really 
weird for me because when I got into the private hospital, it was obviously completely different and it did save my life, but um, I can't even explain how terrible I felt because I had to leave that hospital with 23 other people who I felt probably had earned it way more than I did. Right. Um, that was something I really found really difficult. I think I probably talked to you well, yeah, about that quite like, a lot. But it's the same thing again. There's no, like, uh, there's no fireworks and fanfare for, you got better, you did a good job. Yeah. But, I mean, getting through something like that is, is, amazing. A, is a pretty good job as far as, as far as it goes. Yeah, I just think it's completely unfair that not everybody has the access that I did, and I'm honestly incredibly privileged in that um, I, I did get that help. But yeah, that was really difficult for me. I mean, it's a process, right? I mean, it's it's you go from point A to point B to point C, right? But I think with me, what happened with me is I, I've got this tendency to draw a line in the sand almost and go, all right, that was me then, this is me now, this is... I have, a, I have a difficult time you, you keeping it all together, right? Because I'm like, okay, well, the past, the present, the future. I used to think that the past was the present and the present was the future, right? It was like this continuous, long, stretched out. And I was trying to, like, memories and thoughts and ideas and... You've got to just learn to let things go, I think, and you've got to just... You never, you never really know how you're going to feel about anything so that... until yeah, you sorry. have the context of... Uh... Oh, absolutely. So and when... that, I th it was how I'd... Obviously, um, I'm extremely anti-Tory, but, you know, um, like, but, like, to the point where I'd obviously heard other people say, you know, this has happened to me or this has happened to my friend, and to a point where you can empathise and be like, that's awful. But when I actually saw it for myself, yeah. that how, you know... It was just, yeah, it was the most horrendous thing. I was, my, my, my heart hurt, like, because like, when I, I got to the other hospital and I was like, you know, it was really nice. There was therapy every day, all day, every day. And um, everyone was kind of all getting the help that, you know, obviously everybody should have. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, it is a, it is a hard one because obviously I don't think I would still be here, maybe, if I hadn't got the help so it's a really weird one because obviously I'm you know happy that I am here to a s s certain extent sorry um but it's also very very hard to be like you know there's so many people out there who are s suffering and I think that's a big flaw in me that I sometimes get too caught up in that to the point where I was like I, I don't actually want to head off to this other place because like it's just it just feels unfair so yeah that that was well, i think that was actually the hardest very bit empathetic and very like brave in a way to to go to be in that state of mind and still be thinking about other people it's kind I of amazing that's, that's a pretty damning statement on the on you know you know if, if in that place the first thing you're doing is still thinking of other people but i mean the whole thing is super weird because, uh, as you well know, whenever you know if you're, if you're super depressed, then you'll be a total, you know, be really awful to yourself. 
And, and, and other people. Well, well, yeah, potentially other people too. But but then suddenly, as soon as somebody you know you particularly care about is depressed, even in the middle of your own depression, you flip over and say, "Well, don't do that." Yeah. You're, and you're that's better what than happened. That. You deserve yeah. better than that. And then you know, yeah. then you go back to yourself like, "No, shoot no. myself like a dick." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely spawn. Yeah, yeah, that's literally what happened. So how? How do you look after yourself now then? So you're out of the hospital, you're living your life, you're working on your album. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a key. How do you keep Music. yourself on a, on a level? Because um, like I said earlier, I'm someone that's quite volatile, yeah. I'm, like bouncing off the walls. You know this. You, yeah. You've known me for I'm, quite honestly, a while now. grounding myself is, has been a, a really important thing. Do you ever get nervous when you're about to go on stage? Um... Not really as much now, which probably sounds really do you, weird. Do you, do you want me to answer this or not? Yeah. I mean, we've talked yes. about this before. Yes, Mick gets nervous yes. when they go on stage. I, I do, I, yeah, I do get nervous, um, but I think as so do you soon as yourself? I'm on the stage, I, 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 yeah, I'm fine. Great, um, okay. Because it's just, I think it's this element. is going to sound so like, but it is a part of me like honestly and it is it and everything I, I think it I think because of the aspect of me being completely honest and raw it's I don't have to tr try in yeah. a sense because I'm not tr trying to be something that isn't just who do I am do you think Words. it's harder to be authentic and real and raw or do you think it's harder to put on this facade and put on this mask and put on this persona? I think it depends because I think they're hard in their own ways. Having like kind of experienced the, the, the two, like an example of that was at uni. So I was thrown into like this group of people who were just t technically in incredible at like singing and all these instruments and stuff like that. Um, and I'm there and I'm, average like I am um like technically for sure I am extremely average um and I found myself like obviously tr trying to compete with them and be like yeah well you know I I, I need to improve at that and I, I need to be doing that mm. um but then I was improving but not in a way that f felt like who I am I think that was the kind of turning point but also on the flip side of that being raw open and honest is is really fucking hard like it is it is it's really gotta be difficult liberating, though. yeah completely and obviously because when i am on stage you know there are some songs that are really really hard and i have to kind of try to kind of calm down in a way yeah for sure yeah. um but then obviously like i was saying earlier when i get people afterwards that you know even if it's just one person they just say like yeah like yeah and that's how I feel sort of thing um then I think yeah yeah I think this was right and that's really cliche but that is actually all I really aim for and that is success to me it, it's frustrating that the cliches okay. are always so accurate I know yeah is that? Uh, it's all good it's all okay. good keep talking um yeah no 100% like it is, is it is a bit of a you know but like I guess success is like two other people they're probably thinking well you should be you should be on tour you should be you should be like being played all the time doing things and like it in order to actually be successful um but i do feel extremely successful because you're in that i've achieved what i 
Okay, so to. it's like doing what you want to do by your own standards. Yes, yeah, completely. Success to success you. Success is finding finding your balance. Yeah. Finding your gravity. Um, yeah. If. And if only it were that easy, yeah, exactly. because it slips away so... Oh, and you sort can't of is, though. pay sort of is. rent with that. You can't pay, you have to <laughs> Not true. But, um, but that's why it's a balance, I guess. Mm. The, um, you know, if we're talking about, you know, finding a balance and then losing it, um, therein lies that complacency. You know, you've yeah. got to always be working to get back to that impossible ideal point where everything's finding it. Yeah. And then you lose it, yep. and then you work back to it. And, and you're that constantly working towards that point. <laughs> yep. Uh, not that you, you know, you never have any problems, but it, it, it means you're better equipped to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we, whether we agree or disagree on any of that, I think we've probably all got some common ground there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Please don't beat me up just because I don't agree with you. Uh, and if you wanted to hear that, you can scroll back to 40 minutes and 35 seconds. <laughs> We're at uh, 1 hour 10 now, by the way. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, before we do, though, should we kind of do the, the kind of lap around the room trying to figure out what it is we're plugging? Yeah, I mean, um, Majuf, like the page, do all that. Uh, oh, yeah, I did have an announcement to make. We're releasing some, I say we, we. Royal we. Royal we're releasing way. some original clothing designs very soon. Ooh. Oh really? I didn't know that you didn't tell me that. We'll put it that I'm oh. very excited about. This is something I conjured up with a youth worker called Errol about a year ago, who's like, you know, the closest thing to uh like a decent father figure of a red. <laughs> Yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing guy, uh, but I don't see him anymore, sadly. Because of funding. Ah! Hey! Ain't that the way? Anyway, rest, so yeah, we're. we're uh, the GT Leicestershire. Yeah, I mean, we're. Um, so yeah, we're releasing them. I'm working on a couple of film projects that I want to talk to you about off air. We'll, we'll, and, we'll, and, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. later. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's me. Um, go. Yeah, so I'm playing some shows recently uh recently that's weird recently um, but in the recently. future recently but in the future yes yeah, but on um so yeah i'm playing knots on march 1st um i'll be there yeah you will <laughs> Depending um on what we're doing. <laughs> we've got uh we've expanded the lineup yes it's a, it's a far cry from a solo project yes right? yeah um which just want to talk about really really like quickly um because I, I was always on my own and I was like, yeah, this is my thing, this is my thing. Um, but it's been the most incredible thing ever, having other creatives' input on it. Like yeah. in, Because obviously, you know, it's my s songs in a s sense, but having other people's input on that has just I been think, incredible. I think more than just in a sense. Uh, you know, we've already spoken about this, you know, in town yeah. as a band, that kind of thing, but we're all very much in agreement that it is your band. Yeah. Uh, Democracy in band projects is highly overrated. It's hard. And, and, to, and to, to strive for democracy is to water down the, uh, the very specific individual creative vision uh, that any one person has. So uh, they're very much still your songs. It's just now you don't have to deal with playing the drums on them. Yeah, or, well, yeah, because that or, did know, not go or, well. Or, or whatever. No, it has just been, oh, yeah, it just... You should all be extremely hyped because it does sound really good because, like... So I'm just surrounded by talent, um, yeah, honestly, and then I'm just here, like, 
but yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, and we're playing as a whole band on the fifteenth of 15th April, April. Yeah. Uh, at Alberts. So that's going to be that's going to be mad. Oh, yeah. oh I forgot it's at Alberts. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Dead Notes, Velvet Blush, and Good Hustles as well. So if that's a yeah. Um, like a mad kind of, lineup. Mick, Mick says we're going here and playing this, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, cool, let's go." But yeah, obviously, okay. other than that, we're recording album two, and I've probably got album three done as well. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's going to be cool, and we are also organising a tour hey. for at some point this yeah. year. Yeah, let's so. not announce any dates before. We're definitely not. <laughs> no, because really I have a yeah no. But okay, it is going to happen. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's. Good. If um, if anyone in the audience wants to follow mixed footsteps and go from being a solo project to having a really good band who are really good, then the best place to start, like you did, is to uh, pay me money to do drums because yes. I do money and guitar and. I, I think you I do, do money. I think I, I did. Do. I do lots of money. Uh, not enough money, but. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you asked me to do drums. Mm -hmm. so do drums. Then you were like, oh, we need someone to do the bass. So it's in bass. Then you, we ended up tracking some violin for you. And now I'm in your house. Uh, and now, yeah. <laughs> Not in a weird way. <laughs> Literally now I'm like, Roommates. But, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you know, so like I, you know, I do a lot of, I teach and session for guitar, drums, bass, piano. Show off. Digger music. Get a, a, Brought to you by Digger music. I don't teach it, but I can get away with it. Not done, uh, seriously. All this good stuff, all this good stuff. So like, if, you know, He's in, he doing. is awesome and he works he's probably the person that actually works the hardest that I've ever met yeah. my whole entire life I so mean, I've known you for, I've known you since what about October last year and you've already done a stupid amount for me and I'm really grateful yeah. and he is a good boy happy to help but always be doing more all yes. the time all yeah totally yeah but yeah, um, www.deganmusic.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> My true podcast. This Woo! is it, people. Goodbye. Much love. Uh, see you soon. So long. Yeah. Thanks for all the fish. See ya. What fish? Yeah, what fish? It's it's a uh, fucking. Uh, You're a what's the space one? I told you. I'm freaking out. You're a nerd. The space one. Hitchhiker's guy. There we go. No. Nerd. No. 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 I don't know what that is. Okay. Right. Well, we'll cut it off there. <laughs> <laughs>